Again, haven't watched the tape, so it's hard for me. Uh, and even when you ask me on Monday, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but uh, just full disclosure, I mean, I, we've got to coach these guys. Welcome to the Daily Northwestern's football podcast. Northwestern beat up on Minnesota over the weekend. 39-0 victory on Saturday. Played in possibly the worst weather that you could imagine in a November day. And we're here to talk about that and more. I'm Max Schumann, your host for today. I'm joined by Max Gelman. Shalom. And Tim Bulk. Always a pleasure to be here. So Northwestern, this Saturday coming up, plays Illinois, the ostensible in-state rival, the game that allegedly matters more than any other game this season. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but first let's debrief on Northwestern's game against Minnesota over the weekend. Like I said, Northwestern wins 39 to nothing. There really just wasn't a lot of fight in Minnesota, it felt like. This game was pretty much over by the by halftime. Northwestern was up 25 nothing at that point. And Minnesota just really had nothing for him. I was surprised at how easy of a win that was, I think, for Northwestern. What did you guys think about it? Um, maybe a little bit surprised. I was a little. I thought Northwestern would beat win, win handily, but to win in just a completely dominant fashion it was sort of a perfect storm, both the weather and the game. Perfect storm in that Minnesota clearly didn't want to be there. Sort of like Northwestern when they went to Minneapolis last year and got blown out. And then Northwestern continues to play terrific football, twice as many yards. I mean, Minnesota had scoring chances, but it also felt like they could have played the game a lot longer without Minnesota scoring. It was a pretty dominant shutout. I was a little surprised that the score was that dis- disparate, disparate, whatever that word is. Uh, disparate? There's a big disparity in the score <laughs> after, after the first quarter was scoreless. I think that the second quarter when the Wildcats scored 25 points was just an all-out pummeling of offense and takeaways by Northwestern that we haven't really seen ever at our time but it was it was good to see the Wildcats you know win their sixth straight game I mean in response to when have we seen this night it was probably the most dominant Big Ten win Northwestern's had that I've seen, but right. I will. I, I wasn't counting I, the Bowling Green game. No, I agree. I, no, I, what I'm saying is I agree, but it, it did remind me a little bit of uh, 2015 when Northwestern beat Minnesota 27 nothing. That was their, probably their most dominant win for me, I think, and for a lot of people, that was one that kind of hit hit us that that was that Northwestern team was for real. And I think to some extent, this was a, a pretty clear statement that Northwestern is very much for real this year and probably top 20 team. I think. I mean, from a obviously Northwestern was by far the better team and. This game probably wouldn't have been close on a perfect September day. However, I think it helped the final scoreline for Northwestern that Minnesota is a team that doesn't really throw. They got behind, and the weather made it basically impossible to come back from that, I think. Yeah, but the fact that they can't throw, the weather should have been... Like, the weather should have been a benefit. Like, if it, if it wasn't for the fact that they... Well, once they were, once they were already behind... Yeah, but like you think the that, chance of you coming think the back, the weather from, would increase variability in the game. And I, I think it ultimately just left Minnesota want like yeah, it was probably inspired football. But yeah, I think the weather helped Northwestern. But oh, like you know, it could have helped Minnesota in theory also. If the game had stayed close, I think it would have sure. mattered. However, Minnesota kind of g- gave it away with five turnovers, three interceptions from 
their quarterback, Demry Croft, and then two fumbles. That was a big, I think, a big part of the game. It set up Northwestern for those scoring chances in the second quarter. And just generally, the defense had an overall dominant day, held Minnesota to under 200 yards, two completions, three interceptions. I mean, that's, you really can't complain about that. Yeah, we those were going to have to go back and look at the tape to see if Demi Krupp knew what color his team was or what color you know. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good day for for Demary Croft, Minnesota's quarterback, I would say. You would say. <laughs> I would say. You should really qualify that with you would say. Um others might say something very different. <laughs> Pat Fitzgerald after the game was very he was very quick to say that he thought his team dominated the performance, which I think was more about physicality than anything else, not just the final scoreline. I think he saw good play along the lines, which I Suddenly, might have been an issue at the start of the season, but by the end of the season, I think the offensive and defensive lines for Northwestern are a strength. What do you guys think? Well, Fitz's comments after the game confused me after he <laughs> called Nate Hall a garbage man on Monday's press conference, where he was saying Northwestern was so dominant, but Nate Hall only got what Minnesota was giving to them. Minnesota. Well, he was saying it was good schemes and. I think he was saying, so Nate Hall, Northwestern linebacker, came out of this game with... Two and a half sacks. Two and a half sacks, fumble recovery, and an interception, which was was kind of dropped into his hands, if I remember the play correctly. Yeah, Fitz, quick to know they should have taken a knee, wouldn't have lost a couple yards. (laughs) (laughs) Fitz is hard to fleece. Fitz is hard to fleece. I'm not not trying to say that Northwestern wasn't dominant, because they were, and Demry Croft probably would not have completed just two of 11 passes if it had been sunny outside or just not even raining or snowing. It was weird to call the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week a garbage man. Fitz was just Fitz was probably trying, just to, trying to keep it light. Yeah, trying a, to keep it trying a, to keep it easy. On a, no, on a Monday in November. Um, <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah. I mean, there it, there wasn't that much to talk about after a game where your, win, your team wins 39 to nothing. I mean, if he has nothing to complain about, then... He's got to find something. He's got to find something to, gotta to coach, nitpick. Got to coach these guys up, man. Exactly. On the offensive side for Northwestern, obviously the constant rain slash sleet slash snow slash wind made throwing the ball a tough proposition. Clayton Thorson only attempted 13 passes, 86 yards, three touchdowns. Very effective. He was very good with his passes. Very effective day with his passes. However, they didn't really try to ask him to do too much. Instead, they turned to the ground. Justin Jackson racked up 166 yards on 31 carries. It was kind of a classic ground and pound game plan from Northwestern. They didn't really need anything else, but it worked for them on the day, I'd say. Yeah, it was good the ball. I think that's the kind of team that fits once anyways. He's an old school. The blue collar Chicago style exactly. football. Big Ten. Exactly. American fun. That type of football. Yeah. It was a, it, it was it was not using his own words of course. It of was course. it was an ISO Justin type of game. Just get him the ball at the top of the key and let him go to work. They really didn't need that much on he, offense. He you know? was dropping buckets. Great to see. Pitching a complete game. Justin, Justin, he really did. Justin he Jackson looked good. Painting the black. Yeah. Justin Jackson looked good on senior day. Obviously, he's a senior, so that was his last game at Ryan Field. He's the type of guy where opponent fan bases must be like, how the heck has this guy not graduated? <laughs> it <laughs> feels like he's been around. Yeah, and I mean, he's kind of... Most of his accomplishments are... I mean, he's a very good player, but things like 
one of the only players in college football history to rush for a thousand yards, four straight seasons, get to five thousand yards. That's the only thing you can do if you have been good for from the moment you walk you like stepped on campus. Yeah. It's one of those things that you don't see very often. Justin Jackson's a treasure, is what I'm trying to say. We should all appreciate him. We only get two more games with the man. He doesn't appreciate him. Justin Jackson is a very he he's a very humble he's a very humble man. He won't he won't take any credit for his his brilliance, but he's been a very good player. Yeah, probably will go down as the best offensive player in Northwestern football history. At least up to this point. I don't know, man. But now I'm just trying to start start a bit. But I, <laughs> probably he's already got the most touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, do you think any Northwestern quarterback really outpaces him there? No. Clinton? Maybe receivers. <laughs> I mean, different times. Yeah. Different times. I mean, he's the leading rusher. I mean, he's going to lead every rushing category when he leaves. For sure. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, that's why I said that he's the best. But uh, I'll also give a shout. <laughs> it's not really a debate. We're not debating you. Yeah. I guess it wasn't a debate. I guess we're <laughs> unanimous. So a lot of, a lot of uh, important senior players played their last game at Ryan Field this week. You got Jackson on offense, uh, other starters on offense, Macon Wilson, Garrett Dickerson, Brad North. It's a bummer that there was... Defense, no- Kyle Cairo, Godwin Ibuke in the back end, Tyler Lancaster, Brett Walsh. Brett Walsh! Don't, for- don't forget Walsh. about Brett Walsh. Can never forget about Brett Walsh. The easily forgotten third wheel of the linebacking <laughs> core next to Nate Hall and Patty Fisher. Those, I mean, those guys have been... I mean, this... Northwestern has a chance to win 10 games... This season, that would be the second time. The, the seniors in their that career. they start are very good. Garrett Dickerson in a big game, certainly. A couple of touchdown catches. It's a shame that there were so few people in the stands for, to, to show them that. I uh, totally understand that, though. I don't. Get a coat. Put a hat on. Around halftime, though, it was, it was nasty. I, I didn't mean, think like, was... you're not supposed to wear down coats in the rain because it clumps. I didn't know that. I, don't, I mean, I don't wear coats because I'm from Massachusetts. But, uh, but you're telling other people to wear coats. Well, if they think it's too cold, come on. It was, it, was, it was more so like the sleep, I think. And it wasn't like a glamour game. Boots? Boots? There's this thing called boots that keep your feet nice and toasty. Double socks. Small little monkey. People are stupid and don't wear double socks. Red I'll wear double socks if it's like under 40 degrees. I'm all it's not. It wasn't. I don't think it was a cold problem, though. It was a rain problem. Oh, wear problem. a hat. Wear a hat. A hat? What happens when the hat gets soaked through? And like After the first one, I think I think Tim, you spent too much time in your your ivory tower up in the press box at Ryan Field. You don't know what the real people have to deal with out there. Look, I was ra- I was I was tower. raised on going to Boston College football games in horrendous conditions. I have no sympathy. That probably was a tough team to watch for some of those. No, they were good. I guess they were probably you, were good back in. Tom O'Brien, Jeff Jagosinski, you got Matty Ice leading a couple of those teams. Yeah, sure. Good teams, fun teams. Go Eagles. Northwestern is now a fun team as well. A little uh, bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. A little bit. We're, we're touching, uh, a, we're t- touching a sensitive topic. <laughs> They've played in fun games. Regardless, Northwestern has had now what I think everyone would consider a successful season. Six straight wins after this win over Minnesota. Still going to be ranked. This podcast is being recorded during the day on Tuesday. So it's un- unsure exactly where Northwestern is going to be ranked in the most current like playoff 21, rankings. Maybe. 20 or 21 would be my guess. Possibly move up a couple spots from 23 where they were last week. I think they, I think they can actually slide into four this week. Yeah, Number you think four North, in the country. You think yeah. Northwestern's making a move on a... I mean, don't yeah. sleep... 
Don't sleep on the Wildcats. I think you can sleep on the Wildcats. You can't be, you can't. I'm going to sleep on the Wildcats. <laughs> Northwestern will not be moving into the top four in the playoff rankings after this win. However, it was a good win. Six straight wins for the Wildcats. They're now 8-3 on the season. 6-2 and two in the Big Ten. Is that right? Did I do my math right? Yeah. Perfect. Northwestern, yeah, things are looking great for the Cats. So let's switch gears now. We're going to look forward, as we always do in the second part of our podcasts, and focus on the technical, technically rival that Northwestern is facing off against on Saturday. They play Illinois in Champaign for the Land of Lincoln Trophy, which is, if you have not seen it, it is a wooden block with a brass hat on the top. A hat that looks like the one that Abraham Lincoln is alleged to have worn. Well, is it alleged, or did he? Didn't he actually wore the hat? I think I. Yeah, I think he actually did wear it. Don't be too careful. However, no. You, like, were any of us around for that? Have any of us seen Abraham Lincoln wearing a hat? I don't, I don't talk about Abraham Lincoln. I don't talk about people I don't know. I have exactly. never seen Abraham Lincoln in person, so I exactly think you, you, you never know. Round. I yeah. I mean, that's that's just <laughs> you, you got me good. <laughs> So Northwestern plays Illinois this weekend anyway, to get back to the point. Illinois is 2-9 and nine on the season. They are 0-8 in the Big Ten. Lovey Smith's second season as coach there. They are just plain bad. There's really not a lot good to talk about with Illinois. Illinois has, is the loser of nine straight games. They're a very young team and mostly bad in pretty much every front. Yeah, I see one path to victory for Illinois in this game. And it involves around a dozen players getting injured in the first quarter. And three, and three tornadoes. And, yeah, a couple tornadoes. A little weather-related chaos. Yeah. It's never never hurt anyone. The way I think about it is, remember the Duke game when Northwestern was had, had injuries and they played about as bad as they possibly could on the road? If they played like that, they'd still win probably by a couple scores. Northwestern comes into this as heavy favorites. And I think that we all agree that they probably will win this game. What are you guys looking for in this game, though? Even just outside of the final score, is there anything in particular that you're trying to see out of the Wildcats? Game time under three hours. <laughs> Max just wants a quick game. He just wants it over. over yeah. I'm not going to be able to watch it, but it would be funny if that happened. Uh, I'll be, uh, what I'll probably be doing, looking forward in this game, is you know looking back at the tape in the Ohio State-Michigan game, seeing what... <laughs> no, I don't know. This is, yeah, it's hard to get too stoked for this game. Although Fitz does say that this is the only rivalry that matters for Northwestern, which is just or like I mean, Iowa, he has to say that kind Iowa, of stuff, though, you know. Michigan State. You have to say that kind of stuff. You don't want to offend like Lovey Smith's not is like a nice guy. You don't want to hurt his feelings. Thing. It's I mean, not a rivalry. It's, it's, no, it's, it's not like right. Come on, <laughs> like. Oh no! I. Yes, I agree with that. It's like the Big 12 trying to manufacture, sorry, the SEC trying to manufacture a rivalry between Missouri and Arkansas when, once Mizzou joined. It just, it doesn't Yeah, Missouri had a rival. Yeah, they did. They had the rival with, Can- rival with Kansas. Yeah, so an awful college rivalry. football is bad. And now they're trying to set something up with Arkansas, which doesn't, I mean, it only makes sense because they border each other. Northwestern, I mean, it makes sense in the sense that, theoretically, Northwestern and Illinois fans would kind of share space and therefore maybe not like each other. However, are there really that many Northwestern fans or Illinois fans even around 
Chicago? Uh, probably not. Like, no one who has super strong feelings, no. I imagine. Mostly Nobody like comes to these games. They're never close. They're never interesting. They played them in Soldier Field, and, like, the, it was... Zach Oliver started The toilet games. bowl was empty. It's a, oh, that it's game, a, yeah, our, our freshman year, yeah. uh, three seasons ago. Northwestern and Illinois met for bowl eligibility. Now, that's a game that I wish we could see. Something like Indiana-Purdue this week, that's a game that Ooh, should that the normally same matter. Is the same time as Northwestern again? I have no idea. Because that's legit. I-U-P-U for bowl. So, yes. That game, much more interesting than this Northwestern game, I, I reckon. A genuine point of interest in this game, I want to see uh, Northwestern kind of sling it around a little bit. Just because I think they've got enough of a margin for error that maybe they'll let loose of the... Clayton Thorson 500 passing yards. Even on his days that are particularly good days for him, I feel like he doesn't rack up massive, <laughs> massive numbers. No. I want to see some big numbers. His career high is like 370. I want to see some Big 12 style... 99 to 97. 99 to 97 finals. Except, like, it'll be like... 99-0. To like 8 or something. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for a little bit, because I don't think Illinois is going to challenge Northwestern really in any way, especially, if, I mean, Northwestern's line play has been so solid for so long now that I just think that they're going to dominate Illinois yeah, they're up front groove. on both sides. They're really in a groove. They're going to do some really some really bad stuff to Illinois' lines, and I think at that point, like, you can't lose. Watch out for the bad man. You can't lose at that stage. All right. So let's uh, wrap this up now because I think we're out of things to say about Illinois. Did we have things to say? We came in <laughs> out of things to say, and the situation's not changed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Northwestern and Illinois. <laughs> the current line on the Northwestern Illinois game is 16 and a half points. Northwestern is favored. Guys, final score predictions from you. I think I had 59 nothing Northwestern in the paper. That seems unreasonable. Well, they just beat Minnesota 39-0. I figured Illinois is worth another 12 <laughs> points. So. I mean, okay. You're, you're reasoning the sound. I'll, I'll let it yeah. slide. I'll let it slide. Tim? Yeah. I said 52-3. I don't actually think that'll happen, but it might. Illinois is terrible. The Northwestern wins. I think I said 31-9. to By many a point. 31-9? Yeah. Illinois gets three field goals? Yeah. What would be really funny and what I would like to see is an overtime game. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to see some more overtime. Yeah, you know, I I've only got a couple more games covering the team. I just want to see some more overtime games. Is that too much to ask? We'll have the bowl game for that. Yeah, four overtimes in the bowl game. But Gummin will still think it was boring. No, if it's a bowl, it'll be fun. <laughs> Any bowl game is fun. But you cannot tell me that the Iowa game was fun just because it went to overtime. That game was great. It was, it was a miserable game. game. No, it was ten ten. Right, but it was like a fun 10-10. Like, 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 stuff was happening. Both, it wasn't both a teams fun were 10-10. moving the ball. They just yeah, put, stuff was out. happening. There was nothing happening. Iowa was huddling for 35 seconds of the play clock. This is a bad take. This is a bad take. I, it's true that Iowa worked slowly, but they were moving. It was a great football. Yeah, that was, that was not a bad game. It wasn't like Michigan State, Northwestern, the next week. No, that was fun, yeah. But, like, Iowa and Northwestern was still an acceptable game. Northwestern has played generally acceptable games. This season, I think. What was the game that went scoreless into overtime a few years ago? Was that Virginia Tech Boston College? That was a, I believe, a Virginia Tech Wake Forest. Oh, Wake Forest game, okay. which inspired a photo of then Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer <laughs> celebrating 
as I believe Wake Forest missed a field goal that sent it to that would have won the game, sent the game to overtime and zero zero. I was like that game wasn't fun just because it went to overtime. I mean, no, the, it was, was fun. How fun is zero zero? <laughs> the picture was fun. There was the picture one, is hilarious. One BC Wake Forest game, and I don't remember the score. It was a somewhat type of game like that. That the winner won like three nothing or something. That I think BC kept getting the ball in the red zone and finding ways not to score. Like in the last couple of minutes. See, that's fun. Like in a in an ironic way. Boston College football has at times been very fun to watch just to make fun of them because their offense has been so bad that it's hilarious. It's the game within the game, you know. <laughs> you gotta sometimes see the game beyond just what's going on on the field. I'm gonna cut it off here, and that's all Hat. that we're gonna talk about today, Tim. Gelman, thank you guys for coming back yet again. Hat, hat, hat. Hat. All right. That's enough of that. I'm cutting you guys off. That's enough of hat. Oh, my God. (laughs) Northwestern heads over to Champaign on Saturday, uh, 3 p.m. kickoff Central Time. Be sure to check out DailyNorthwestern.com for all our coverage of Northwestern football, just like we've been doing all season. Follow us at DailyNU underscore sports for updates from the games and press conferences. Subscribe to The Daily on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud so you can get every episode of this podcast directly to your phone. We'll be back sometime after Thanksgiving to discuss the events of this Saturday's game and probably also talk about bowl situations. Northwestern, in a couple weeks, we'll know where they're going to be going during bowl season and we'll be around to preview that matchup probably. I'm Max Schumann. See you then. Get home safe.